Praise God. Good morning, uh, everybody. Today we will live different from the day we, way we came in today. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're, we, I'm sure we're all familiar with Hebrews chapter 11. But I want us to look at two, uh, just two pieces of scripture here. And uh, yeah, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, 11 and 19. By faith, verse 11 by faith, Abraham received, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Um, just em emphasize that because he considered him faithful. Considered him faithful. Considered. If you were in the habit of underlining or marking, just do that considered. Then jump down to verse 19. Um, uh, this is speaking uh, of his son Isaac and when he sacrificed his son Isaac. Verse 19 says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. It says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And if you have a habit of marking, just underline that word reasoned. He considered him faithful, and he reasoned that God could raise him from the dead. If I could give a title to today's message, I would like to uh, give it the title, Considerings and Reasonings. Mm. Turn to your neighbor and say, Considerings and Reasonings. I know it's bad English, but it's a good mic. Reasonings. Considerings, contemplationizations. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I found this, like, it, this kind of got under, under my skin a little bit. I really was blessed with this as I chewed on it. Um, it's just another angle on faith, but it's, I think, something that, that we cannot afford to, to pass up. Abraham was able to become a father he was able to receive the dead back from the dead because of the manner by which he considered and reasoned the God factor in his situation. And today I am vying for a, rev a revival in this department of reasonings, this department of considerings. Uh, because I found out that the, the, the purpose of my preaching and my ministry or any ministry that comes from here, it's not to impress all right. The, the purpose is to mobilize something that is of pleasure to God. And the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? If there's anything that God is really attracted to in today's service, all right, it's not the gift of teaching and ministry. It's not the gift of singing and worship. That, that's, that's good, and we enjoy that. But you really get into God's business when he finds faith in the church, when he finds faith in his people. So I am calling for a revival in our considerations and our reasonizations. Eh? Because that is where the game is won and that is where the game is lost. And some of us, we've been slipping a little bit in our considerations. And God is calling us back to come back and consider him faithful again. To come back and reason once again that, wait a minute, we are dealing with God here. I know this challenge is there, but God is also here. God is also able. God is also strong. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.
So, so uh, it's just another angle on faith. Luke chapter 8 and verse 25. Um, after Jesus calmed the storm, uh, you remember the story, everyone was amazed. And Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, where is your faith? Hmm? And, and uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, the, the, the way he said that, where? Everybody say where. It almost tells us that faith is almost like it's mobile, you know. It, it, can, it, it has legs. It can come and it can go. And in that instance, Jesus looked at them and he saw them, but he saw something was missing. So he said, where? Where is your faith? It was here. It's not here anymore. Where is it? Faith can come and faith can go. Faith is mobile. All right. So the question is, is whether not, it's whether or not we have faith. Uh, elsewhere in, uh, where was it? Luke 17 and verse 5, the disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed, etc., etc." So, So they asked, increase our faith. Jesus said, if you have faith. Uh, which means that it's, it's not a matter of increasing or decreasing the faith. It's a matter of whether or not we have it. Because if we have it, then we have it. If we don't have it, then we don't have it. And if we have even a little bit, we have more than enough. It's kind of a light switch. You don't have a lot of a light switch and a little of a light switch. There's only one on-off button. So it's either on or it's off. On, off. And so, and so the point that Jesus was saying, that this is not a matter of increasing or decreasing faith. It's a matter of whether or not you have it in the first place. Because if you have it, then you have it. You don't add on to it. It's already there and it works if it's there. Amen? And so, and so I think we, we really need to embrace uh, this, this thing. See, I'm in school and I get challenged. Uh, because, you, you know, when you're in school, you're adding on to your knowledge. And, and one thing I found out is that knowledge is good and it's good to learn and add to your learning. But knowledge is one thing and faith is another thing. It's not the same. We're working two different muscles. And the dangerous thing is that you can know so much that it will affect and tap into your reasonings and considerings. Uh, and we always have to allow the faith to go first. Which means that we submit all of our understanding and anything God is giving us to His authority and to His will. Because the knowledge becomes fruitful only when it's submitted to God. Amen. And sometimes you can even out-calculate and out-think God if you're not careful. And then you come to church and you don't want to listen anymore because you figured everything out. Right? Lord, help us today. It's reasonings and considerings. So this becomes very important. It's not about the size of our faith. It's whether or not we have it. This is why I appreciated so much uh, the series KB was walking us through about, about Psalm 119 and the power of the word. Uh, and I think it's Psalm 119, it's just like if there was like if the word of God had a national anthem, it would be Psalm 119. I mean, it talks about 
of an anthem to the glory, the love affair the writer has with the word of God. How valuable it is to him. How much of a priority it is to him. Bicha, the, the writer is deeply in love with the word of God. And, and it's important that we develop such a relationship with the word of God because that's how faith comes. Faith comes from no other source than that. So if we are hearing, faith is coming. Right. And 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 uh, uh, when faith comes. All right. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have it. Hmm? We must grab onto it and hold on to it when it comes uh, so that it doesn't go away anymore. So faith comes. Faith can leave. But when it comes, we we are it's in our best interest to hold on to it when it comes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 8, verse 20, 11, verse 28, it says, But he said, speaking of the, the explaining the parable of the, 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 the sower who sowed the, the seed on different soil, he said, uh, More than, than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Everybody say, keep it. So faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. But faith stays by keeping it. The, the uh, Luke 15, 8, 15, it says, uh, it describes the good soil as those who keep it in the Amplified. The King James say, the, he who retains it. And the NIV, the, the New Living Translation says, cling to it. Hmm. Cling to it. Retain it. Hold on to it. Uh, don't let it go. Uh, because that is how, that is how uh, we produce. So we understand faith comes by hearing. Okay. Faith stays by holding on to it. But how do you hold on to something that is not visible? All right. I hold on to my phone this way. But how do I hold on to faith, which is a, 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 a substance that is not tangible? Right. And this is how we hold on to faith. Are we ready? Next week. All right. No, faith comes by hearing. Faith stays as an, and is held on to by speaking. Hmm? When we hear and then follow that by speaking what we hear, we have owned what we have heard. Last week, KB talked about uh, someone meditating the word day and night. All right. The one who meditates the word, blessed is he. He's like a tree planted, right? And whatever he does prospers. Okay, that word uh, meditate, he delved into that a little bit, and I like that. So there's hearing, that's when it comes. Then there's thinking, but then there's the next gear, which is meditating. All right? Meditating is more than hearing. Meditating is more than thinking. Meditating is when we take that stuff deep. In fact, the Hebrew word that's used there, it actually involves the mouth. The word is actually mut, mut. In America, we say mutter, mutter. In Africa, we say mata. Hmm? In Ethiopia, with our little king, it's meter. Eh? M-U-T-T-E-R. Okay? It's very softly eh? engaging the mouth. It's not silent. I'm just trying to be uh, included, all inclusive today. All right? It's, 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 it's that thing that we don't just hear, but now it's become a part of us. And I like the fact that it does not say speak, but it says mutter, because a mutter is a voice that only I am aware of. Mm. It's actually talking to myself. 
kind of like David talked to himself and encouraged himself in the Lord. In fact, the loudest voice that you hear today is not mine. The loudest voice you hear today is your own and the words that you say to yourself. That is where your conviction lands. That's where your plane lands at the end of the day. My words only have as much power as they enter into your mother's space. Right? And that's the source of power. That's how we got saved. All right? How did we get saved? We believed in our heart and we engaged our mouth. It's as we engaged with our mouth that we held on to that salvation. It is as we engage with our mouth, the promises of God, that they become activated for us. That we own them. Hallelujah. So this is a little bit of a graduation from my salvation. It's a little bit of a graduation from my years of church and the seat that I have at Beza Church. This is a call to re-engage your considerings and your, your reasonings. That you... Hold on to faith. You see, when you're holding on to faith, the reason you only need a little is because you cannot hold on to two substances at the same time. You cannot hold on to both faith and doubt at the same time. It will either be one or the other. You cannot hold on to faith and fear at the same time. It will always be one or the other. You cannot hold on to both victory and defeat at the same time. It will only be... So what we're doing today is we're, we're doing this management of choosing what's going to be released today and what we're going to hold on today. Uh, we have to make a decision today because those reasonings and considers is very valuable to God. In fact, the Bible says that our faith is more precious than gold. May the Lord find something of value and something precious in the house of God today. So I know the challenge is heavy and I know it looks very difficult, right? Okay, so let's get into some reorganizing of our reasonings and considerings. Let's reason together with the Lord. Okay, God, this is what it looks like and this is what you say. And I'm going to just, in the name of Jesus, consider you faithful. And the minute you hold on to that, eh, the doubt has to go. There, there's only one room for one occupant in this room. Hallelujah. Yeah, so we, we, we need to do a little bit of reorganizing because some of us are saved, but our reasonings and considerings are not. What good is our salvation if we have not transformed our reasonings and considerings? That is where the power is. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We are not transformed through the renewing of our bank account, although that would be very nice. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And may the Lord help us today. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And verse 2, by this gospel you were saved, if you hold firmly to the word preached to you. Uh, I like that. So, so we'd got saved not when the gospel was preached to us, but when we held firmly to that gospel. Hallelujah. The, 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 the finished work of Christ came to us by means of a, of a, a gospel that was preached, a word that was preached to us. We are not eyewitnesses of, of, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hmm? None of us were there. We are saved today because we heard a message and we held on to a message. Right? It would have been cool to have been there. You know? Like to see the, you know, the earth shook. Remember? The, the guards, they fell as though dead men. The stone was rolled away. The women were trembling. Oh, heaven and earth stood on one leg like Abba Teswamikai. 
And the ground shook and, 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 and the, the, the Lord rose from the dead with all power, with all strength, with all authority, with the keys of death and Hades in his hand, all conquering. That would have been a sight to behold. Adelim, I wish we had Instagram and Snapchat back then. Can you imagine? You, you, know, you know, because they didn't have those features, they, that it was the, the story was not verified. And they told a story that, that, that the disciples came at night and stole the body. But if we had social media back then, you know that those guards would have been OMG. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. But we, we, we don't have eyewitnesses. We just have a story. We just have a message. But somehow the message touched our heart to the point that we held on to it. And when we held on to the gospel, everything else had to flee, and we got born again. Praise the Lord. That's how our salvation was wrought. You know, it's like if Liverpool wins today, right? I know it's been a bit of a struggle lately. I watch you, church. We're coming back. I watch you. If Liverpool wins today, it's in the news tomorrow, right? So if we miss the game, it's okay because we have our phone or our newspaper. And when we read the report, because we hold on to it and faith arises, we did not see the victory, but we have the victory, even though we're removed from the actual event. Why? Because the message came to us. We saw the message. Every defeat was blown out the door in Jesus' name. And we held on to the victory. And that victory is as good as done. Right? Now, it would have been good to see the game and witness it live firsthand. But hearing the game is actually just as good. In fact, of the two, God prefers us to see, not to see the victory, but to hear the victory and believe. Because he said, blessed are, uh, are those who believe, though they have not seen. Right? Am I doing all right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To God, believing what we have heard is is precious to Him. For us, we like to see. But God is pleased with faith. That's why on the Emmaus Road in Luke chapter 24, if you remember the story, the disciples are walking. And Jesus comes and stands next to them. And He asks them, what are you talking about? And they stood still with their faces downcast. And he says, why are you so sad? And he said, have you not heard? Are you only a visitor that you have not heard what has happened in Jerusalem these days? What news? What has happened? Jesus of Nazareth. And he's standing right there, you know. Well, what happened to Jesus of Nazareth? Well, we thought he was going to be the Messiah. I thought he was going to rescue us. And the whole, the whole system was going to be turned back into our hands. We, were, we had some plans. We had some real estate to take back from the Romans. Beachside property. Come on, somebody. We had plans. But now our Savior is dead. And we are so upset. Now, if I was Jesus and I was walking with them and I heard all this, what I would, if I'm Jesus, I would say, okay, stop, stop. You know, I mean, just a little bit, you know, the temptation is there and you can imagine how excited <gasps> Jesus, ah, you can, you know, you can imagine. But Jesus heard the story and he did not say surprise. He, he said, how slow of heart and foolish you are 
to believe what was written in the scriptures about me or about Jesus. I don't think he said me. He said, and beginning from Moses and the prophets, he began to explain to them from the scripture everything that was written about him. And I think the reason is, is because what's valuable to God is not to see the show, but to believe what we have heard. Later on, those same disciples testified and they said, Where's not our hearts burning within us when he spoke? That burning in the heart is a re-collaboration of the reasonings and re-collaboration of the considerings. That what we thought we thought, we're not thinking anymore. We're letting go of something. Hallelujah. And we're embracing something else. We are holding on to this and because we have held on to the promise, every other doubt, every other lie is getting blown out of the way hallelujah praise the lord so I, I i found this to be quite powerful because what if anything god would want from us today it's for that little bit of, of faith to come back from where it was running to where is your faith is the question that's being asked and i want us to all go back into our considerations and our reasonings and to do a re-evaluation of what we have been considering and what we have been reasoning because his promise is still good his promise is still true he is still a good God. I feel like preaching now. Psalm 107 and verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed their disease and delivered them from all their affliction. Hallelujah. That means that if I have His word, I have my healing. If I have His word, I have my deliverance. If I have His promise in my life, I have all I need to overcome because He truly is faithful to His word. He did not touch my body. He sent his word. He did not visit my situation. He sent his word. So what's required of me is to do some considerings and reconsiderations and reasonings about what I am holding on to and what I am letting go of. Because you cannot hold on to two at the same time. And today, I don't know about you, but let us say, let us say, I just choose. Amen. I, I just choose because I call him faithful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what, what we're doing here? We're here because of a word. Uh, I, I, I told the other service, when it's almost 18 years now since we, we moved to Ethiopia. The reason we moved to Ethiopia is not because we're excited to be Ethiopian. I'm actually a little bit more Kenyan than I am Ethiopian, but that's our secret. Don't tell anybody, okay? I always get in trouble with the long distance running, you know? Because I have my favorites and everybody has their favorites. But I will leave that alone for today. All right? But the reason we came is not because of any kind of patriotic manamanaman. I mean, we're grateful for the history. We love the stories. We have great, a great and powerful uh, a legacy in this country. And we have great respect for that. But the reason we came is not because of that. The reason we came is because we've received a word. Right? And, and, and the word is that the nation to the point of the continent, will be redeemed in righteousness. Praise the Lord. That God is on a mission, that God has kind of bent over in this direction a little bit, and we came to shut up, set up shop here. And we were so excited when we came, because we had held on to that promise, and we had let everything else go. And, and when I first came here, I was invited to a church in Mercato area, Abinneth, and um, I was invited to preach, and I went to preach, 
and the, the, the car, we had to stop on the road and walk because there, the, there was no room for the car. And we walked through the whole neighborhood. And when we were walking through, you know, it's like it's really, really the neighborhood, you know? I mean, it's like really, really, really the neighborhood, right? <laughs> I mean, there's just dirt everywhere. There's no sanitation, no hygiene. I mean, sewage just flowing like that. Hallelujah for the glory of God. I mean, naked children running and playing around. And I'm, we're walking on our way to church to preach. And I just started getting discouraged, you know? It's like, Lord, this is not what you said. Why did you bring? And I actually stopped, you know, and I looked around. And it's not just one, two houses. It's like as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Right? And I, I, I told the Lord, I said, my goodness, Lord, where, where do we start? And right there, as so sure as I'm standing before you, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me right there. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And honestly, like I just, just my spirit just exploded. My heart was burning. I recalibrated my reasonings and considering right there. And I said, wait a minute, what we need is not a better policy. What we need is a word from the Lord. Because God knows how to perform His word. It is up to Him to finish what He said. My job is just to win the consideration battle. To win the faith battle. I got so full of faith and so full of encouragement in the midst of that discouragement. I went to that church and I preached like Saleh that day. The fire of God fell down. The glory of God was revealed in the middle of that place. But the revival did not happen when things changed. The revival happened when I started to see things differently. When I started to hold on to this and let go of that. I considered you faithful to made, who made the promise. And that, that became such a great fuel for a lot of the things. we. Since that time, we've had a lot of challenges. We've had a lot of ups and downs. We've had a lot of crazy Things and crazy people. We love him, everybody, but Lord, okay? But we consider him faithful. He is still faithful. He knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. And if he said anything, he is more than able to fulfill his word. Abraham considered him faithful who made the promise. Abraham reasoned that God could raise his child from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive his child back from the dead. And by faith, Sarah was able to have a child. Hallelujah. That means that for between the promise and the manifestation, there's this little room called reasoning and considering. Where we decide what we hold on to and what we let go. This gospel is the gospel of resurrection. When we get born again, we are partakers of a new creation, that incorruptible seed. The power that raised God from the dead is not in heaven, it is in me. And I activate that. But it's funny, like there's nothing on the surface to, to suggest that this power is anywhere in the vicinity. And God kept it hidden on purpose so that we could receive it by faith. That we could reason and consider ourselves into the promise. Hallelujah. He sent his word and healed the disease and delivered them from all their affliction. He sent his word and healed the disease and delivered them from all their affliction. He sent his word and healed their disease. But I know, Pastor, that's such a good word. It's good to come to church. I enjoyed the music. I, did you like that offertory number that they did? Yeah? 
I worked really hard on that. I hope you liked it. But this is more than a good song. This is okay. That has to go. This has to come. He sent his word. Okay, he sent his word. And healed my disease. And delivered me from all my... He sent his word. And healed my disease. We have to weigh in the scales and reason which one is going to have the dominion in my soul today. Hallelujah. What's going to pilot my life today? Because if we're not careful, we can leave this room and go back to that stinking thinking. And I know that we're in a lot of mess in the country right now. It does not look like the nation will be redeemed in righteousness. It looks a little bit like that Mercato neighborhood. That's what Ethiopia looks right now with our tribalism and with our political chaos. But thank God that God did not need a political situation to get right in order for him to fulfill his word. Thank God that he did not need a doctor's report to verify that he is more than able to visit you and touch you in your place where you need it most. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I was on my bed a few, few weeks ago, lying right next to Abba in the ICU uh, with all kind of machines and stuff hooked up to me. And Kibrom was standing over me, laughing at me. Hmm. And I had to make some decisions right there on my bed. I know what it feels like. Lord Jesus, have you ever had a catheter? Jesus, the devil is a liar. I did not know what that stuff was. I woke up and I was in a different place. I'm not going to get into the details. But the devil and his mother-in-law is a liar. And I just had to lie there and start to exchange some things. Let's go back. God is still good. I let go of this catheter in the name of Jesus. And I receive the promise of God. He said his word. And heal my disease and deliver me from all my afflictions. I have to stare it in the face and tell the devil where his address is because it's a fight for my life. You understand? The righteous shall not try to see what faith looks like every now and then. No, the righteous shall live by faith. This is the air we breathe. This is the food we eat. This is how we live. So I command a resurrection in your reasonings and considerings today. You have been contemplating too much that whether or not he is able, you have been factoring so-and-so's experience, measuring it against yours. I don't know about their experience. Experience. I don't know about what happened to my neighbor over there. I don't know where they are at or what experience as far as I'm concerned. He sent his word. Hallelujah. So the nation will be redeemed in righteousness. The hands of begging will turn to hands of blessing. From here a blessing shall flow. Flow like a mighty river. To bring blessing to all nations of, of the earth. You know, we, it's funny. We had this big, a few years ago, in the middle of our drama, which was another challenge. This big no more campaign movement. Do you remember? Yeah? I saw some of you coming to church with an agenda. Hmm? It's funny, you know, like we have a no more campaign. But I think what we really need is not a no more campaign. Because once, once we get a no more, okay, let's say everybody stops the drama. We don't have a, a plan to, to, to implement after no more is over. You know, it's like our human nature. We know how to complain about the problem. We don't know how to give the solution. Everybody knows that there's a problem. Hmm? We don't need a no more campaign. We need to, what's next campaign? Because that's the big question anyway. 
Nobody knows what to do next. We know how to salam ourselves, but we don't know what to do next. And, and, and I would like to suggest to you that as difficult as our challenge is, the river of God is bigger. The power of God is bigger. And, and you know what happened, and I, I have to drop this one on us today. We were in fasting and prayer, and the Lord gave us this verse, uh, is, uh, Exodus 12, 11. Hmm? Get ready. Uh, buckle your belt. Is the, is the, they don't have belt back then. But the Amarinya is much better. Tatek. You know, it's like get your waist ready <laughs> in the English. Get ready. Uh, grab your, your, your staff. Uh, put on your shoes. Eat in haste because it's a Passover for you. And God was saying, get ready because it's on the verge of something huge about to happen. It's like, God, are you serious? Like the country is going like that and you're saying, get ready. That sounds just about like God. He's the God who gives life to the dead and calls things which are not as though they were. And God says, get ready because God is about to do something. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And, and, and we invited Rabbi Makasha to do the, the closing message at the fasting and prayer. And he said, I have a word today. And he said, Exodus 12, 11, get ready. And everyone looked at each other. You know, after three days of fasting, you're feeling it. But everybody got resurrection when they heard him say that word. And God confirmed his word again. And he said, I'm about to do something that will require you that if you're not ready now, you will miss it. And I don't know about you. You can leave that word on the side and hold on to your drama. But I choose today, hallelujah, to let the drama go back to where it came from. And I choose to receive the word of the Lord. He said it's a Passover for you. Do you know what Passover meant for the children of Israel? It meant that 400 years of slavery is coming to an end now. That every life that you have ever known and the life of your generations before that you have ever known after them. Now is the time for that thing to shift to the point that you're going to a place you have never been before. Hallelujah. So I'm just encouraging someone today, not with my word, but with the word of the Lord. And that if God said it, he is more than able to fulfill. Hallelujah. He said, get ready. He said, get your waist girded. Get your staff. Hallelujah. Eat in haste because you won't have time to eat slowly. You eat slowly, you will miss it and you will leave hungry. Eat quickly because it's your Passover. This is a Passover for you. And I don't know how, but, and I don't know when, but somehow, some way, God has started his engine. And this bus is leaving. And you better get on this bus. Just a small confirmation. This week we fasted and prayed and God gave that word, right? The next week God did something like a supernatural something, something in the national. You know, we have this national council of churches. Which should have, it was just like a, a should have been national council of family drama. Because there was... This group fighting with that group and, and it's like, and I always have this conviction, God will never visit the nation until he visits the church. And this church division thing, it's always a problem. It's been a problem as long as I've been in ministry. It's a problem today. And you almost get used to just living with church division, preaching the gospel with church division. Do you know like in less than a week, God did something supernatural? That there's no longer any church division. Just like that. Just like that, there is now one council with one leadership, with everybody asking for forgiveness. 
and falling on each other's feet and asking for forgiveness. I would say that's a good piece of business that God did. I would say that God knows how to fulfill his, his work. So I'm just trying to encourage somebody. The times are unusual and our job in the equation is to hold on. Hallelujah. Let go of that drama. Hold on to what he has said. The one who made the promise is faithful. We're in unusual season. The wind is shifting. The wind is shifting. The wind is shifting. Hallelujah. It's time for a, a revival in our reasonings and considerings. I know the kids are going crazy. All right. But let's just send that message away and bring the faithfulness of God. I, I know maybe your body is telling you one thing. Let's let the message of God come and, and tell us something else. See, God, the best he can do is give us a message. All right? That's the best he could ever do. That's our job to hold on.